Welcome to the heart of Caris Excel, building whole wise women for God's purpose. I want to start just looking at one or two snippets from David's life because he is one of the people, I think, in the Word of God that covers, I mean, just about every aspect of human life. And he's so human. He's so human. We would have been so ashamed to have our business put down <laughs> for all generations to read. Somehow God says, don't look at that. Look at the fact that I called him a man after my own heart. And I think that once that is where we are heading, that's all we have to be concerned with. Being women after God's own heart. From 1 Chronicles 10, 13 and 14. So Saul, who was the king before David, Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's command and he even consulted a medium instead of asking the Lord for guidance. And so the Lord killed him, this is New Living Translation, and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. The thing about Saul, though, is that he is very much like us in the flesh. He's very much like me without the Holy Spirit. Very taken up with what you have planned. Very much taken up with how you look very much taken up with what others will think of you. And God says, that's not what I'm looking for. And so along comes David, and David was made king instead of Saul. There at Hebron, David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel. And they anointed him king of Israel, just as the Lord had promised. And so we immediately get a kind of, hmm, this is not just somebody deciding, let me start a church. Let me get a little group and do this or that. Let me, just as the Lord had promised through Samuel. God has his plans, and we only have to fit into his plans. And I think that is so beautiful. It takes all the striving off us. It takes all the stress off us. It's like, this is the way walk in it. And David became more and more powerful because the Lord of heaven's armies was with him. You see the contrast already. David's power, David's strength, David's ability, David's might was not David's. It is because the Lord of heaven's armies was with him. When we read things like that, we could fall into the trap of saying, well, that was David. That was King David. It doesn't matter how powerful anything that we are involved in becomes. We recognize it's because the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies is with us. We step away from that and we would be weak as trash. And so day after day, more men joined David until he had a great army, like the army of God. You see, where this great army came from, it is because of him being 
connected and led by the Lord of hosts. But, bing, David said one day, it is time to bring back the ark of our God, for we neglected it during the reign of Saul. Notice he didn't even say Saul was a worthless king, and he was not taking on God. He thought his kingship was because of his, remember, he was tall, he was handsome, he had it all. He would have been like, must be a basketball player or something, bounce, bounce, bounce. And, and he is like the ark of God. We don't have to bother with that. So all that he was doing, he really was doing it in his own strength. And David said, it is time. It is time. Now, of course, for us, the ark of God has always been with us. But when we start to look at me, in whatever area of our life the ark of God is absent, we simply say, God, we'll bring it back. Okay? So what was this ark of the covenant? It was essentially just a wooden box. I think it was about four feet by two feet by two feet. A wooden box, but it was entirely covered with gold. And in it were two slabs of stone on which the Ten Commandments were written, a jar of manna, and Aaron's rod that budded. In each of those three things, we're looking at serious presence of God, serious intervention of God. It is God's finger, the Bible said, that scratched out the Ten Commandments on the tablets of stone. The manna came every morning. But on just one day, God said, I want you to collect for two days because I'm not going to send it on that day. So in little, little things, you notice it wasn't even hard, the stuff that God told them to do. He said, just go out, collect it, cook it however you want, eat it raw, fried, pureed, stewed, you, you know, do what you want with it. But don't keep any till the next morning, just simple little things. So this Ark of the Covenant, completely overlaid with gold, of course, begins to give us a little picture because gold, that kind of thing in the Bible, always talks about kingship, God's presence. And so what did it represent? Essentially, it represented the presence of God among his people and hence the blessing of God. David said, listen, I want God's presence with me. I want God's blessing among my people. I am not going out there as king on my own merits. I'm not doing it in my own strength. They decided, okay, they're going to bring the ark. They placed the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from Abinadab's house. Uzzah and Ahio were guiding the cart. As the cart was going along the road, and it could have been a road in Trinidad and Tobago, just say, it could have been. But as they were going, the cart wheel went through one of our famous potholes, and simple physics, the box tilted and was about to fall. And so Uzzah put out his hand to stop it from falling. And the Bible tells us then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and he struck him dead because he had laid his hand on the ark. 
So Uzza died there in the presence of God. Suddenly it's like, oh, hey. Look at David's response. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzza. It's like, God, you, you burst out against this man, you kill him. What, you know, that's not fair, that's not right. What's going on? David was now afraid of God, so after he burst out in his anger, I suppose one minute after, he decided, you know something? Instead of getting vexed with God, why don't I do the right thing? I think all of us, if you ask us to be honest, have got vexed with God at some point for something. It's like, God, this isn't right. Or why you did that? And David's life is telling us, listen, even if we got fast like that, that doesn't put an X next to our name. I think it's so beautiful to know that. He doesn't put an X next to our name. He still says, you are a woman after my own heart. And so his question was, how can I ever bring the ark of God back into my care? His whole focus now was, how can I do it right? I see what happened when I did it wrong. Because notice it was just, you got two guys. I don't know if Uzzah and Ahio were, I don't know who they were in terms of God's purpose. So you just, hey fella, come, you, both of you, you're all strong. Come, guide this cart as we're bringing it. And God says, not so, not so at all. For three months, the ark of God stayed in the house of this man called Obed-Edom because nobody wanted to touch the ark. It was like, me? For the, to kill me? Eh, not me. Obed-Edom, who seemed to have been a really excellent guy, you, you get a sense of him being one of those men who you could count on, you could lean on. And so for three months, this big box stayed in this man's house, and the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom. And so after three whole months, David, and you could imagine all during that time, he's talking to God, he's consulting with his leaders, he's asking, he's checking his own heart. David realized, okay, God had said, then he commanded, no one except the Levites may carry the ark of God. Notice this is no cart with oxen pulling it. This is men with poles on their shoulders that went along the side of the ark and they carried it. The Lord has chosen them, the Levites, to carry the ark of the Lord and to serve him forever. These were the people that worked hard. They were involved in just about every aspect of building what God wanted. David told them, listen, we're getting ready to bring the ark. Purify yourselves in order to bring the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to Jerusalem. Then the Levites carrying the ark of God on their shoulders with its carrying poles, just as the Lord had instructed Moses. So again, just as the Lord had done, just as the Lord had said. And you realize, oh, these are the little secrets to just having God with us all the time. But then David did something 
that God did not explicitly say to do. You realize that man's heart towards God was so tender. He so longed to please God. David also ordered the Levite leaders to appoint a choir of Levites who were singers and musicians to sing joyful songs to the accompaniment of harps, lyres, and cymbals. It's like, God, yes, we could bring the ark. Just, you know, quietly we walking. But somehow, God, you deserve something more than this. A whole choir of singers, musicians, with instruments. David appointed the following Levites to lead the people in worship before the ark of the Lord. So it was not just, well, we're just playing some music. David was a worshiper. It was no longer, well, we just want to bring the ark in. He realized you can do something well. You told me to do this. Okay, I'll do it. As opposed to it coming from the inside of us that, yes, I'm not just doing this because they told me to do it. I'm doing this because my heart is overflowing towards God. So David created a whole system of worship. David chose people that would be able to give God praise, but more than just give God praise, lead the people to praise him. David, after the people sang, they worshipped, the ark came in. He gave each family a loaf of bread, a loaf of raisins, and a loaf of dates, something like that, because they had to go back to their homes, and somebody said that that gives you energy for traveling. So you're looking at reaching out there, and then very, very practical. These people are hungry. Remember Jesus was like that? You're dealing with all these amazing things out there, dimensional issues. And then you say the people are hungry. We can't send them back home. But God, how are we going to feed them? You give them something to eat. And it's that, that delicate balance that I think all of us want to get in our lives. Where there is a practical, very real aspect of whatever we do. But there's also that mm, 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 that hum in our spirits all the time that reminds us that we are in the presence of God. And so the very last verse in First Chronicles 16 says, Then all the people returned to their homes, and David turned and went home to bless his own family. And he did not send one of his servants home to bless his own family. David said, it's all well and good to be dealing with all that vastness. You see, my family, I am responsible for them. He went home to bless his own family. You have been listening to The Heart of Caris Excel. Building whole wise women for God's purpose.